Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Plan Y podcast. My name is Hannah. And my name is Taryn. And Taryn, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we're diving into the cruise industry, and we do have a very special guest with us today. This lady is more positive than a preschooler, louder than a lumberjack, more flamboyant than a flamingo, and more manic than the movie Mamma Mia. <laughs> Uh, she is known as Lady Luck herself. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you Ezra Freeman. Woo! Thank you. I fi- I feel like it says a lot that I take that all as a compliment. More manic than a what? <laughs> Mamma Mia. Ma- I decided oh, to go that's with. That's amazing. So Ezra, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you moved to the United States. Did you find it was hard to settle in at all? <laughs> as settle a baby. in? I suppose <laughs> not. But like, do do you ever? Well, do you ever look at? Um, yeah, I did not fit in with the other babies. It was so scary. Right, let's talk a bit more about what you've been doing more recently in the last few years. And obviously, that was cruise ships, um, which until recently, um, which has gone very, very downhill in a very quick spiral. Um, but how did you get into cruise ships? What got you into cruise ships? And why did you start? Yes. So growing up, I've always been... My parents always say I was singing before I could talk. So I've always been a singer... I always took dance, and I'm a very over-the-top person, so it kind of lent itself to the stage. Um, so I've always done musical theater, and I went to school for, I went to college for acting, and from there, the plan was always to move to New York City to audition to be a professional actor. I don't think a lot of people know this. The reason everyone moves to New York City if you want to be a stage actor, is not necessarily Broadway or bust. It's not just because Broadway is in New York, but every regional equity theater, and equity is the stage actors union, is required to have a New York City audition for their productions. It's, oh, wow. Yeah, so oh, wow. all of the regional uh, professional theaters in the United States have New York City auditions. And that's why you really have to be in New York, well, pre-COVID, because now everything is video submission as theater is now re-emerging. But before, it was like you have to be in New York if you want to go to the maximum auditions possible. I went to college in North Carolina, so I got my taste of the South for four years and then came home to Maryland for a summer. And I spent my summers in college working at theaters. So I did spend a summer in Colorado in an extremely rural town that had wild donkeys that roamed the town what really very, it's called cripple creek colorado and it is a very strange place and i can say this because i do not intend to return to cripple creek colorado <laughs> it's like people go there for day trips to gamble because there's so many old towny casinos because it used to be a mining town oh wow. and then they go oh, to see yeah. the donkeys so it was an old mining town that had a lot of casinos ironically and when i think about my life i don't know why i've spent so much time in casinos like (laughs) it was a big part of my job on the ship as well which I'm sure we'll talk about but so in Cripple Creek Colorado people go there for day trips from some of the bigger cities in Colorado to gamble and to see a show and to see the donkeys and the donkeys are amazing the casinos are not I mean they're whatever you get free drinks if you're gambling but in this town also I was vegan when I was living there, and so you didn't there's eat the literally no grocery stores other than the bottom of a gas station. And it's basically a produce stand. So the bottom of a, like, it's the basement of a gas station, and that's where everyone gets their food. And I didn't bring my car when I went, and it's, that was a mistake. But And I was performing in the musical Annie Get Your Gun, and I was an arts administration intern. It was a lot. Cripple Creek was not a great place. I turned 21 there, thank God. (laughs) So I always figured, and when I was in college, I double majored and triple minored, but then I had to drop my third minor to graduate on time. So I couldn't study abroad because I had too many credits that I needed to take, but I always figured as an actor that I was going to end up going abroad through a job because there's so many tours and national tours and international tours cruise ships were always something I wanted to do and just that's a lot of the job opportunities in performing arts are abroad because 
it's just such an oversaturated market. Like, you kind of have to take what you can get. But I always think those jobs are incredible. Like, I would love to do an international tour. And I wanted to do ships so badly. So then I moved to New York after graduation. I was only there for eight months before I got the job with Princess. And that audition was so ironic because when you're in New York, you're auditioning all the time. Like, I tried to go to at least one audition every day. And Princess was actually through a video audition, but they were looking for video submissions from New York actors. So... Even though it was a video, it was a nationwide call, they were looking for people who were local to New York just, I think, because they just wanted people who were really serious about performing. So I submitted my video to Princess, and then a month later, I got a call back. And it was, it was so much time that it was kind of off my radar at that point. And at that point, I was in callbacks for a production singer for Norwegian. And I kind of thought that was going to happen more than I thought the Princess job was going to happen. But when I read the Princess description for who they were casting I still had no idea what that job really was the one that I ended up doing just because it's so random I was like wait so am I going to be singing am I dancing am I in a show am I on stage what's happening because it's character acting and the best way I can describe it is it's like a Disney princess but not a princess kind of a strange character (laughs) just going about doing strange things but I don't I don't, I don't know. It's, You'll have to decide, like, Tara, if this it's is too like much. She was half casino host, half pirate. Like, <laughs> slash bingo host. Bingo host, casino host, pirate. Um, and then did, like, games. <laughs> the whole thing's a bit, like, strange. It was brought around Princess to um, basically um, make bingo more exciting. Because, um, believe it or not, bingo is just not the most exciting thing in the world. <laughs> Although, I don't know how you did bingo every... Because you did, like, every... Well, like, most days... And I think after a while, you must just want to, like, kill people with the bingo balls. But I think that's why it was so freeing to be a character and do it. Because you could just kind of say anything. And I'm not really supposed to say, Taryn, like, the name. Okay. You know, like, because they don't want people to know. But with this character, she's so wacky and so funny. And she's a lot, like, honestly, it fit really well with my personality. Just, like, (laughs) turning it up on major, like, blast. And so she's so, she has no inhibitions, so it made it really fun. But I did not realize ship life was what it was when I went into that job because (laughs) I was expecting it to be more like a performing contract that I had done previously where you're with other performers and you're in a cast. And I didn't anticipate the fact that the job was so new, and so it didn't really feel like an acting job. I felt more like I was on crew staff, which is what you do, Taryn. So it was it was strange from an acting perspective when I was like, oh, I auditioned for this job in New York. It's, like, very high profile. I, that was the, the impression I had coming in and then going to the ship and nobody really knowing or understanding what I was doing there. <laughs> and it is a job that has, like, compared to other crew members, very minimal responsibilities on board. <laughs> yeah, you've got quite... It's, so like a, would... it's like a guest entertainer role almost on board as well. Yes. Which I thought was quite interesting because I want to talk about, about crew's life um, and it's quite nice to add some contrast in. I was surprised even coming in. I'm sure you were too, even though you'd cruised before. I hadn't been on a cruise since I was 10. It's a very strange environment. And it's like being back at high school, but with people from all over the world of all different ages. In fact, it was very communal, but very upfront about everything. It was a really strange atmosphere. It's like summer camp. If you went to summer camp and everyone was like really excited to go there all year, and then you're there with people from all over the world but then you're adults and you're drunk all the time but you also have to work (laughs) but there's also really strict laws on cruising as well isn't it you're not allowed legally to have more than one drink in a day so you can be fired on cruise ships um for being drunk and if you're caught drunk but is it really that strict because I think I saw a lot of your stories where you were actually drinking. Yeah, well, it's not drunk. strict at all. I, I'm on a, I, uh, it doesn't sound like me. It might be someone else looks like me. Um, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's a very weird thing. Like even like the um, like the bosses, like the captain, you wouldn't see him in a crew bar because um, he said like if I got caught in a crew bar, um, like I'd get fired. Oh um, wow! So it's really weird like that. They have such strict rules. 
um, is one thing. That's the only thing with cruise ships and traveling is that because you are really working and you work, so I work pretty much every day. You do 13 hours, up to 13 hours a day. Um, like, and it's such a strange and different way to travel. But I still think it brought around quite a lot of value. What do you think? Oh my gosh, I loved it. And I, just for the contrast, you were working 13 hours a day. I was probably working like two and a half. <laughs> and I didn't work every day. I was chilling. And with my role, I had passenger privileges. And when I, because I was a character actor, I got to take that off and was unrecognizable to most passengers. So I really looked oh, nice. like a passenger if I wasn't in my costumes. Um, and so that was really fun in port too, because I do, well, especially on that contract, I lost my voice like so badly during that contract. And my voice was like so low and raspy and nothing really like I sound now, but it was very distinct. And so people would hear me around the ship and be like, are you this thing <laughs> going around? Do you not usually look like this? And I'd be like, shh, yes, don't tell anyone. <laughs> and then they would see me in port, but it's so weird because I found that with ships, the thing that was so surprising was the line between being on vacation and being at work. Because a lot of the time, I literally felt like I was on vacation. And you get sucked into this vacation mode because mm. all the passengers are on vacation and everyone's so happy and upbeat. And then you're like, oh, I also have a job to do. <laughs> but I'm also still in vacation mode. So then, <laughs> I don't know. I would say we both drank every day. But how was it for you then, Tom? Have you been in vacation mode as well when you were like working for 13 hours? It sort of depends. Yeah, it's really hard to as well, right? Um, Good point. Because to be honest, you no, but you are though, because um, obviously we were more blessed because the jobs that we did were activities. So like, once again, you're still with the guests every day and you're like doing fun things, you're doing shows um, and you get off. And there's lots of crew privileges. Like, So when you get off, you can go on any of the tours for free. So like every day off, you're like either going out um, and either like going to a beach somewhere and doing nothing um, or getting drunk in port or like going on one of the tours. And then you've come back and there's a few times that you definitely cross the line and because you'd come back and you have like four hours work in the evening, which like is, for us is like a day off. And so like you'd come back and you had to like toe the line between like, am I too drunk to go and work right now? Um, and like, is this going to be yes. like beneficial? Because a few drink, but then I think some people drank excessively. Um, I think, and I think maybe oh, that's 100%. a part of thing. There used to be a 6 p.m. club um, of people who would meet at every day at 6 p.m. and start drinking. Wow. Right when the bar opens. Yeah. But then at the same time, like you have to keep your wits about you and make sure you also, so one thing that we had is that we had to be in charge of muster stations because if the ship did sink, um, which you didn't, luckily. If it did sink, um, you had someone ready to lead it because um, at any one time you could be in charge of 600 people getting to lifeboats, which would be the most chaotic thing in the world. And for this, you were taught about, like you had like different areas on the cruise ship where you could basically, if someone went mental and started losing their shit, you'd have to like basically like handcuff them and take them to a separate area so as not to scare guests. There's all sorts of like weird um, but necessary like safety precautions that have to be thought out um, and arguments and having rations for everyone um, because at any one point, and this is what's quite different, I suppose, um, to say normal traveling where you're quite switched off, you have to have, you have the responsibility that you are literally there to save lives if you need to be, um, which adds a well, sort of weird Well, that was basically area. me when I was traveling with you, right? I could drink as well, but I needed to take care of you. I <laughs> think that's <laughs> a bit. <laughs> we'll post one of the so images funny. from that and see what happens. <laughs> um, but like, um, so Ezra, take me through best and worst thing about being on a cruise ship. And I, in terms of traveling. I just want to interrupt you for a second because with my job, I didn't have any safety responsibilities. And that was another thing where I was like, am I a guest or am I working? Like, I also had a guest cabin. I lived among the guests. And a funny thing about that that you just mentioned, like people having breakdowns and needing to be escorted to another part of the ship. I feel like on my hall, there were constantly people sitting outside of doors, like crew members sitting outside because there were guests who were either suicidal or oh, just wow. needed to be watched for some reason. Do you remember that? No. no, no. Maybe that says something Maybe about your hallway. Maybe it happened on Sky. 
<laughs> well, tell me about it. When I was stuck on Sky during quarantine, I was put right next to all the people who had um, suspected uh, to have COVID. No one ended up having it. But I was like, why am I here? I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> Don't put me in this wing of the ship. Being on ships during COVID, how did you find that? Because that must have been a real thing because that made world headline news. And especially for Princess, who literally were infamous for number one, having being like, the second highest place on earth that for in terms of COVID numbers at one point. Did you find it was strict on board? And did it change many things when you were on board? You're smiling, so I guess yes, not. Yes, so, very much so. So when I joined my second ship, my second contract um, started on March 6th, 2020. And so leading up to it, I was like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like nothing is going to happen. My ship is in... I'm joining in Florida. We're going to the Caribbean, and then we're going to the Baltic. Like, worst case scenario, maybe we'll stay in the Caribbean. I was so naive and optimistic about it. And then I joined on the 6th, and the girl that I was doing a handover with, um, she was warning me. She's like, you know, I think this pandemic situation, it, it wasn't a pandemic yet. She was saying, I think the COVID situation is getting really bad. I wonder what's going to happen to you. I, I'm getting off at the end of the week. Good luck. <laughs> And I remember, like, venting to my parents, and I was like, I can't believe she said that. How how crazy is that? Like, do you think anything's going to happen? And my parents were like, no, you're fine. Three days after I joined the ship, Princess announced the pause on operations. And during my handover, I wasn't, like, I didn't do anything. I was just getting fitted for her costumes because there's only one of us. So I hadn't really worked yet at the point that they announced the pause, so I was like, oh my gosh, what am I, what's going to happen? And we thought it was just going to be 30 days. So I we went ahead and we did that cruise as normal. The passengers were freaking out. They were like, oh my goodness, I, we got here just in time. Do you think there's like any COVID on board? And I'm like, I don't think there is. I think this is out of an abundance of precaution. So then all the passengers got off at the end of the week. The girl that I was handing over with, she got off at the end of the week. And we stayed on. And I figured as an American who was on a ship that was porting in Florida, I was going to be sent home in, like, a matter of days. <clears throat> so I was... And I was really upset about it. I was like, oh, this is so stupid. Like, I was so excited for this contract. I hope they just let me stay on board and wait out the 30 days. And then we'll get back to it. And then a few days went by. We didn't hear <clears throat> anything. And we literally didn't hear anything for, like, three or four weeks about wow. where we were going. So for the first... Two weeks, we were chilling, and because my ship was, quote-unquote, clean, no one no one was getting sick, and at this point, nobody was joining or leaving. We were, like, everybody was getting full passenger privileges. Everyone on board, from the room stewards to entertainment. Entertainment was putting on shows for the crew. It was amazing, honestly, and it was so cute, and I hope it's okay and not offensive that I'm saying this, but it was so cute to see some of the older crew members who had been working on ships for like 20 years and were so used to being in work mode kind of relax and realize, <clears throat> hey, I don't need to wear my uniform. There's no passengers here that I need to take care of. Oh, I can actually go on open deck. Oh, oh my goodness, I can use the pool. I can eat in the buffet. And a lot of them were still eating in crew mess and still wearing their uniform because they just could not make that mental switch. Wow. Well, that, that they didn't have to be in work mode. That's the thing as well, because I think that's one thing that you did notice on board is there's almost quite a division in what some people are able to do. So being entertainment, we were also treated as an officer on our ship. And so you have certain privileges, like you're able to eat in like an officer's mess, which is just small and has like some like an extra dining room on board just for officers. And you don't work. See, I moan that I work because I work a lot. But like when you speak to like mm. the crew who work in dining and quite often they come from the Philippines, India or now Ukraine. For some reason, they have the various mafias, which we'll talk about in a sec. <laughs> and they work honestly 13 to 16 hours a day. Well, every day, basically. We had to stay on board once every three days, roughly. They ha are only allowed to leave the ship once every two weeks. And the only thing that, um, when I was having speak, spoken to Lowe's, including our um, cleaner, he's the best cleaner ever. He was incredible. You'd come into his room. Bear in mind, we're staff. We, he doesn't have to impress us or anything like that. And we'd come in and he'd be like on all floors, like um, on all, 
on all floors. On all fours. On all fours? <laughs> on, on all fours. And, and he'd be on all fours. <laughs> he was sorting. crawling on all fours and he was amazing. Literally, he was on all fours <laughs> sorting our shoes out and stuff. It was the nicest. And they, it was such, there's such a hard working mentality on ships in general. And I don't know if that's just because it's a bit cutthroat. Yes. Um, or like if it's, I suppose, I don't know, we're quite blessed with our role that you had the opportunity to do stuff. But also I think you have to fit in. Um, I like there's a term that goes around called the Filipino mafia, um, which is it sounds a bit like a joke, but it's genuinely true. If you fall out with um, one of the Filipinos, you essentially fall out with every single Filipino person on board. Um, there was a casino manager, um, who talked about, um, his time on board and that, when he fell out with a Filipino member on one of the other ships. Um, he had members of the Filipino mafia coming to him for like the rest of his contract until he left. And I think he left early um, saying that they were going to fight him and they wanted him to meet them at the back of the ship on deck three, which is where they had no cameras and they can throw you overboard basically if they beat you up. That's um, And he had to leave the company in the end. Ah! He's transferred to a different company. But on the other hand, if you are friends with the Filipino Mafia, then you can get anything you want on the ship. It's all about how in and connected you are. And I, I don't, can't vouch for how exactly how true that is. But from my own experience, it seems like I can 100% believe it's true in any way. It is a very contained social environment. I felt that when I got like back even um, after my six weeks in between my two contracts because you guys know this when you're in school and when you're at university everyone at least at me because I went to a smaller school everyone knew each other or at least you had your group of friends where mm. drama happens when the same groups of people are into each other's lives and then for me after I graduated and I was just living as an adult in life I was like wow I can kind of pick and choose who I tell what to there's no way that everyone is going to know everything and there's like a freedom and a lack of drama that comes with that and then on the ship it's just like the drama is so magnified because <laughs> everyone's world is literally entwined yeah anything that anyone does at any point the whole ship will know about um, oh. and talk about quite actively as well yeah and talk about people really care <laughs> And, and why? Also, another thing that actually brings us on to an interesting point is to say it's all about sexual drama. Sexual drama. Sexual, what a way to say it. Even as far as like harassment, though, and things like that, it's very, very in your face. And there's very, and I suppose that's the other thing with being people being trapped on one ship with the same people for six months at a time. Yes, probably. You're probably right. Well, for one thing, I think everyone on the ship, to some degree, is looking for. I feel like everyone's just chasing serotonin and adrenaline like you're because even we see it on turnover day. So every few weeks you lose maybe like anywhere from 10 to 50 crew members and then 10 to 50 new crew members join. And it's like, oh, here's an opportunity for more people to hook up with or to be friends with. And everyone's just like constantly looking and they call it ship goggles where... <laughs> You just, you can only see people on the ship. And I found it really hard to keep in touch with people at home when I was on the ship, but that's another thing. But for one thing, I heard that the ratio of men to women on ships is 12 to 1. That can't So that's one thing. Is that true? Yes. That, think about it. For sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, like, which department, the only department I can think of that has more women than men would be spa. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're not wrong. Because there's the, the galley and dining and, well, dining might be a little bit more even, but I believe it. Between the officers, engineers, engineers are such a large mm. portion of the crew members. Um, yeah, I totally believe it. But it definitely, uh, I'm just going to speak from my own experience. I was very overwhelmed when I joined and I was super sheltered in the sense that for me, I grew up as a theater kid. So I had been around gay men or men who were used to being around gay men and women. And it was just very like a very different vibe. So going into the ships and having the type of personality that I have, I think I very quickly got a false reputation. You got a, for being... you got a dick pic on your first day, didn't you? Yes! Oh my god. From a position of power. <laughs> From oh a position of god. power. What the yes. fuck? On the first day. What did you but... do? What the yeah. fuck? 
Oh my god, that mm -hmm. is so disgusting. Like, some men are just, like, so gross. Ugh. Yes. And I think I was also a very different person, because this is now almost two years ago. I have, like, experienced so much more life since then, and I think I would react very differently now, but then I took it as, oh, he's, like, being flirty. Oh, it's okay. And I took so much, like, just stuff like that and getting... With my position, I had something called a medallion where at any point crew members could look up and see where I was if I had my medallion on me because wow. it was also my room key. And I had men abuse that and come to my room like knocking and be like, oh, I knew where you were because I saw your medallion. And You know what? Crew. Because guests couldn't look at medallions, but that was another thing. So we're That's also true. not allowed to hook up. You're not allowed to hook up with guests. Um I did not, but I wanted to pull up a, an example of a DM that I can just find, like, because, and some of these people are still going at it, even now. <laughs> but, okay, so this was, and this was at the end of my contract. This guy who had joined said, uh, and this is at 4.14 a.m., um so he says i like you like a person you are a great person believe me i want to be with you these last few days that you were here sorry for that but i told you what i feel can i come i want to see you and this is just back to back i take care of your dreams let me show you my real feelings i don't want to have sex with you i just enjoy your company what the f <laughs> maybe they just enjoy your company i don't <laughs> Yeah, so And then sure. he says, um, I would like to spend a night with you. Seeing you sleep in my arms would be something great. I repeat, I do not want to have sex with you. It is not my way of being. I respect you as a beautiful sexual woman. What the fuck? I want to give you something to remember me. Wow. You know, this actually sounds like a TV soap. <laughs> they made one, didn't they? Oh my gosh, Literally. definitely. Well, we were like, oh, below deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, that's yachts. That's about like yacht life. Yeah. Um, but no, Taryn, I remember we had like a running joke about just like some of the ridiculous things that like the men on board would like do and say, cause it, it got like almost ridiculous. Mm. I would say, at least with my experience on the one ship that we were on together. And you know what? Our ship was also, we had so many young people on our ship. And then when I went to Sky, because it was a newer ship and they put more experienced crew members there, I didn't actually see that in the social life at all. Uh, a lot of the crew members on that ship were married and linked, and their partners were with them on board. So there wasn't as much Over. of that Fun. kind of drama, <laughs> which was really weird because I was kind of looking forward to uh, some aspects of it again. I was like, oh, this is because it is entertaining. It's like very entertaining. It's super toxic, and it's part of why I'm now like, oh, I don't know if I can handle it. And now I'm in like a beautiful, healthy relationship. And I tell my boyfriend about some of these stories on the ship, and he's like, who were you? Like, what was going on? But I think when you're in such a contained environment, you start to just kind of, at least for me, I felt like I started to kind of lose my sense of self, I guess. And it, I just did things on board that I would never do on land and, like, acted in ways that I would never act here. And now that I've had more distance from it, I can recognize that I was acting just like wild for no reason <laughs> for, other than I was probably like there. looking for some serotonin and adrenaline. Yeah. I think we've all been there at some stage in our life where we acted in a way that we probably wouldn't act anymore, but you just grow out of it and just learn. And at the end you can just look back and laugh about it, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to go on. For me, I've only been on the one ship. Um, in fact, I got ready for my next ship, which was would have been the most amazing. So I'm pissed a little bit about this. Um, so my last cruise, the itinerary was Alaska, six weeks. Perfect. Just enough. After that, um, I quickly found that there's nothing in Alaska. Even the people who work in Alaska don't actually come from Alaska. They ship them in from other parts of the United States for the summer, and then they go back again. Like The whole of Alaska has like no one living there in winter. It's insane. Although Alaska's having huge problems with climate change, as you can imagine at the moment. Um, and like huge changes that are going to really threaten it. And then we did LA to Mexico. And my next cruise itinerary was from Sydney to around Australia, around New Zealand, around Tahiti, around Fiji, over to Hawaii, ah. and then LA, and then up to Alaska again. That is amazing. It would have been, but they, it, they told me to fly home early for it. 
And then the next day, they cancelled all cruise ships after I'd like booked my flight and everything to go home. And they cancelled all cruise ships. It was very sad. I also had a minor thing where I um, told the manager that um, I didn't really want to go back with COVID um, on board. And they just went, okay, bye. And like, like, and I was like, and I was like, oh no, I don't quit from the company. I just don't want to come back there in this contract. And they were like, oh, okay. Cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't remember that at all, but I am like, I had a similar experience because the ship that I joined was supposed to do the Baltics. And I, as much as I loved my contract that I did get to complete, it is kind of the worst itinerary as an American, like to do Alaska, LA, and Mexico That's because true. those are all places I could easily go to <laughs> like pretty much whenever so I was like oh yes the Baltic I'm so excited to like experience Europe at last and then nothing but it's okay <laughs> one day one day but it must have opened your world up quite a lot to travel in general definitely and I think it's just like I still I don't want to say I feel like I've traveled but because you I made friends from all over the world I feel much more aware of my role I'm much more aware of how much I did not know and how much there is to learn and to explore. So now I'm curious to travel to see why some of the people that I've met are the way that they are and <laughs> just like their experiences. Well, okay, here's one thing that's really interesting. So obviously like the former president was the former president in the United States and so many people on ships like asked me, oh, did you vote for him? And I'm like, of course not. But they were like, well, somebody must have. So I was just saying from my own experience, like, I found that was one, one of the, like, the big demographics though. It was really weird that like, we, when we did game shows, you weren't allowed to talk politics. It was like one of the, convers one of the things um, because apparently it starts fights on different cruise ships. Um, and so like- Oh, I believe you it. Weren't, you weren't allowed to mention anything about politics and like, um, you could get in trouble for making jokes about it. But then people would come on and, like, make America great again hats or, like, Hillary um, T-shirts and stuff like that. And I was just always wondering, like, what was going to happen. It was always, like, a big, like, will there be a fight? Won't there be a fight? Because America's really, yes. really divided, I find. Really divided. Extremely. And I actually had a bit of an issue when I called upon Princess to say something, and a lot of the passengers got, like, very upset with me. Um, oh, wow. come to find out that a lot of the passengers that I got extremely close with have very different political views than myself and reported me. And alas, that's like another reason wow. that I'm thinking about it might be difficult for me to go back because I am so outspoken about my political views. I'm like extremely liberal. I'm basically a socialist. And I just think like being anti-racist is non-negotiable for me in life. And I yeah. think if a passenger tried to get into it with me, it would be really hard for me to remember, oh, I'm representing the company. I need to remain impartial because I'd be like, no, the wig's coming off. <laughs> Let be, me tell you how it is. It would be incredible for everyone to watch though in the middle of bingo. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like the most exciting bingo match ever. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That would be quite cool. So what are you thinking about doing next? Okay, so I think I'm going to go back to New York and go for the land theater scene. I always think, I thought it was going to be really interesting to see if ships came back before live theater, but now they're thinking Broadway is going to happen in the fall, which is about what they're saying for cruise ships. And I think I need to give that another fair go because I will say I felt super disconnected from my original career goals when I was at sea. Mm -hmm. And I can see how people get swept up and do contract after contract after contract because it is fun and it's really comfortable but it's it's ultimately it's not my life goal and i've been super upfront with the people that cast me and i don't think they expect for our role i don't think they expect it to be our life goal because there's no growth like when you're a guest entertainer that being said i think any work in live entertainment is going to be super hard to come by and i do love my job so yeah i'm down I'm down to keep going, but my ultimate goal is to either be on a sitcom, so I would pre prefer to be in one that filmed in New York. Um, not that I'm opposed to L.A., I just love yeah. New York City, and I mm -hmm. really, like, thrived when I lived there. Or to do Broadway, obvi. <laughs> so. That's amazing. Would you say you filled your travel void, then, in that sense? Like, has this... No, I think there's it's so much starting. more to see. <laughs> yeah, I would love to, I would also love to do like international tours. But uh, I don't know if you guys have felt this. Do you find that 
I now realize that I was, like, way too harsh on people who put, a, like, an emphasized value on, like, establishing roots. Because I was like, oh, no, we're so young. Like, we don't need to plant roots. And now that I'm here and I've made more, like, permanent ties to one area, I do feel very comforted by it. Do you? No, the opposite. After COVID, I think I've actually I've ah! reversed that. Personally, how about you, Hannah? Well, I definitely want to go traveling as well. I just don't know where I'm going to end up at one point. Maybe plan is to have a base somewhere that I can always return back to where all of my stuff is. But long term, I don't know, just see how it goes, where I go. Just trust the process, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great mentality too. It's different ways, and I think it depends very much on where you are in that in that stage of your life. I think my opinions, especially over this last year, have changed quite a lot. Um, yes. But um, I think, and I think that's what got me into cruising in the first place. Is it's always been about travel for me, like especially with my role, like the pays and good enough that I'm doing. Like, oh, this is an amazing career. Like, I can't wait to be like a millionaire from cruising. And um, that was never a thing. Um, so like the travel aspect has, and I think that's what got me in in the first place. Is that um, the idea of being waking up in a new city on a new country every day. Um, and even if you can't do everything at the time, there's always going to be a second chance with it. And the possibilities that cruising also brought. The other big thing that I saw as a massive advantage with cruising is that you do six months on and then two months off for my contract. So that's the perfect amount of time to go traveling for two months to different countries, wherever like the ship dropped you off. Um, so this last time I went to Argentina, Chile, and um, Brazil, went to Rio Carnival, um, because it was close by. And that's what was one of the big yeah driving factors for me. Yeah, but Absolutely. you can do that as well while you're working online. So this is my goal, you know, just like to work for wherever I can and do what I love because that's, the future that will be the future i mean we see it right now especially during covid that more and more people are working from whatever home office or whatsoever and this will get more in the future i guess and this is like the goal you know that as you get as as you said that you can wake up at different cities different mm. countries if you want to and just get to know this world because we live in paradise we are not waiting to die and get into paradise paradise is the world so this is what a lot of people i think don't get mm. and yeah that's the that's so nice goal. i think <laughs> what a great thought i think it's just about finding whatever your thing is so like clearly for you as like yeah exactly. um, the stage is your passion and i feel for me at the moment speaking for myself like travel is the passion and it's what I'm aiming yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, it's just trying to make a life out of it. Um, that yeah, works. right, exactly. Um, but... It's just like for a lot of people, not easy to follow that passion or they are like too afraid because of social standards in their country that they are afraid to follow their dreams. But if you go for it, I mean, what do you have to lose? Like mm. nothing at all, you know? Yeah. And if you have just this one life, you better make it worth living, I think. I agree. And I think we're really lucky that we know what we're passionate about. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. I think so many people search for that for so much of their life. And I just think I'm, I applaud them that they're still searching. But I think that we're all we're very lucky, the three of us, that we know what yeah. we love to do. We know what brings us joy. And I hope that you can find a way to incorporate travel. I, mm. I think you would be such an amazing travel blogger. And I know that's what you're going for. And even this podcast, I love it so much. I've been telling people to listen to it. Just especially, I think especially you guys, like I would say market to Americans. Because it's like blowing my mind how much I did not know before this. And it's always, it's the little things that you guys say that I'm like, oh my gosh, they probably think everyone knows this. I had no idea. Like when you were talking about <laughs> hostel travel and I sent you so many questions because I've never stayed in a hostel. I've never been to Europe. I don't know where I would even start. If I was like, London. if there's a country that I want to go to, I London? Yeah, why not? <laughs> really? I, I feel like that's where everyone starts. Everyone normally starts in London because it's the most west. And that way you can you work like around in like a circle from there. People normally go... Uh, but you guys had to start in New Zealand or Australia. Oh, you yeah, go, no, but if you're talking about Europe... Oh, obviously, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm talking yeah. about Europe. What would you say? Uh, where would you start, Hannah? Hmm. If you were going to travel Europe, where would you start? Thing is, it's... And Europe? Yeah. <laughs> Don't well, sound I mean... so disgusted by it. 
no, I love Europe. I love Europe. No, I love no, no. Europe. Because in Europe, it's like what I love most about Europe is like, for example, if I would drive to Paris, it takes me like I don't know, maybe five hours, and I will pass from Germany, the Netherlands, Belgium, and then I end up in France. So that's what I really love. You just not go somewhere and everything is the same you end up in a completely different culture with a different language and that's so beautiful about europe and it depends if i never traveled before and where i was from but if i'm probably in an well from an english-speaking country yeah uk is a good way to start then you can get along and you can get used to it and also then obviously ireland north ireland and well, North Ireland is a part of the UK, Same but never mind. Um, yeah, so that's probably where I would start and then just think about what I'm passionate about. For example, if it's food, it would be probably Southern Europe, France, Italy. Spain, Italy. And then, I don't know, if it goes more into history, maybe it's Scandinavia, you know. So mm. it really depends on what you would like to see. But I think UK, if you're not used to travel, is a good start. And then just see where you want to go from there. Be spontaneous, just follow other travelers. And yeah, I think that's a good start. That's such a good point. So you have mentioned many times, Hannah, in the podcast that you're that there's things that you're like, oh, I've always wanted to see this. And it's so interesting because for me, I'm like, oh. It, it just makes me think, what do I really want to see? But I've realized from cruising, my like main passion and probably the reason I've always been drawn to acting and why I kind of landed more into being an actor first than a singer first, where I've, I've been singing longer, is my like passion and my curiosity is about people mm. more than anything else. So if I were to travel, it would be for the purpose of immersing myself in someone else's life and seeing how they see the world to kind of understand that. Because I know that one of my weaknesses as a person, or I should say, an area for improvement is that <laughs> I do get like so, so upset and frustrated when I disagree with someone and I cannot figure out. I mean, Taryn and I, we have fought so much. Mm. Like we have literally fought so much because we're both just like very passionate about our opinions. <laughs> and when they're not the same. We're very opinionated basically, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like if I walked a mile in someone else's shoes, perhaps <laughs> I would understand a bit better. And when I meet people like you, Hannah, you are just so, like, you seem very, like, centered. <laughs> and I really admire that about you. And I aspire I aspire to be that because I feel like I'm very, like, chaotic. And I think it's just clear that you have seen a lot and you probably have such a you've gained such an understanding of d people and their ways of thinking. Like, you just seem like you're very difficult to upset. <laughs> and yeah. I don't identify with that. <laughs> well, that's actually true, but also something that I'm still working on because it wasn't always like that. And yeah, I think it's as well, it just comes from traveling, getting to know other people. Like for me as a German, it is like really tough for me if people are not on point. Taryn is like really good and training me to not get that stressed about it because he's almost never on point yeah, or yeah, never. really uh -huh. bad and telling <laughs> when, what time we're recording and stuff like that. So he's like, while well, I'm not traveling, really good and trying me to calm down and situations that I usually find very stressful. Like, for example, when you go to Asia, like no bus will ever be on time. So ever. Things like that kind of challenging you to see things from a different perspective because, like, the German in me still freaks out if something is not on point or on time and the bus is not arriving and you're just like, oh, can I make it? But you just, I mean, you can't change anything about it, so you just need to learn to live with it. And freaking out or getting upset about a situation won't solve the problem. So you kind of need to find your way around and find a solution and just try to calm down and just enjoy the moment that you have. Find someone to talk to, get to know someone or whatever. And, and on that point, I want to plug something that I've used recently. Where it's been amazing. There's a Facebook group called The Travel Squad that if you're looking to do traveling and you are looking for people and you are worried about going by yourself, I'd highly recommend joining it. Um, I actually put in 
about um doing something i said that i was bored and i needed like an escape and within an hour i had booked to go to um, climb mount snowden which is the tallest mountain in the uk with a group of 10 strangers in june and i feel like wow so if you're looking for a group full of literally spontaneous people that may or may not um lead to me losing a kidney um like you'll find out <laughs> soon. Um, that's uh, definitely something to check out um but i but i more stress that although it's amazing to travel with other people sometimes you just need to go by yourself and put yourself out there in your initial state and you're gonna i guarantee um you'll find people out there it doesn't matter if you're the most extroverted person on earth or the most introverted because everyone's in the same boat everyone has the same fears everyone has the same anxious um worries um and it's just all about yeah getting over it even now do you think you meet all these people in hostels because from what I've yeah. heard you guys talk about before, it's, it seems like that is really where to start. Yeah. For sure. Just yeah. meeting people where you're staying. Yeah. Or- and I thought it was great advice. I don't remember what episode it was, but when you said don't plan too much because yeah. you don't want to <laughs> be like stuck to your plans and miss out on opportunities so true. with some of your new friends and that's it's amazing i can't wait to take all of your advice when uh when it's legal and safe yeah you should come with us at some point like yeah i should it always starts in hostels but like the last time i um went to a city we stayed in a hostel as well me and some friends and another friend who was working there she just recommended us to go to a skater park and there were like heaps of people and you just start talking mm. um to them and actually i have a new thing do you know that i think it's nsync the nsync song it's tearing it's tearing up, Ta- my, it's heart. Tearing up my heart yeah yes yeah, it's and I always sang It's Tearing Up My Heart. And now, every time I go somewhere, I make random people sing that song for she Taryn does. and record it for her. She does. Ah, we, should, we should post one of these on the thing. Uh, literally, I'll just get, I'll be like, it'll be like 1 a.m. or like 11 a.m. or like 11 p.m. <laughs> I was like, we like, and I'll get a, a, like a video message. I'm like, what the fuck? Who's messaging me now? And it's, I'm tearing up my heart. It's okay. Oh my gosh. Wait, just random people are sending it to you that you don't know and you just know that Hannah sent them? No, I'm no, no. just basically talking to random people and I'm saying, you know, I have this podcast with my friend and there's this song that always reminds me of him because it sounds like they're singing about him. Do you oh. mind if we go out together and start singing this song and, and we're just saying Taron instead of Taron up my heart? And then I just record it and send it to him. And it's a good. That is amazing. A great conversation wow. starter. And singing is such like the uh, endorphins that you get from singing. There are studies that if you sing with other people, it's one of the most bonding things that you can do. And that's why if you're in a musical and you're like in an ensemble, you feel so bonded and connected to that cast. That's so So yes, because of your shared experience, but also from singing together. Wow. It must go back to back in the day. I might start singing oh. with people when I meet them. I'm just going to see <laughs> how well this goes. It's like, oh, I'm banned from Finland. <laughs> <laughs> just break the ice and break into song with them. Yeah. Okay, I do have a, a question that I, I've been trying to figure out how to word this, but I just need to spit it out. So a lot of the travel that you guys talk about is very tropical and just sounds very... I imagine you hiking with backpacks fighting off spiders from tall grasses and seeing like ruins of years past. But if you were to travel to somewhere like Turkey, and this is why I'm so confused, Taryn, that you traveled in the United States. It just makes me wonder, so what kind of travel are you doing if you're going to a a heavily populated area that isn't like a backpacker friendly or pretty, maybe it is how much, do i do you know what i'm saying pretty much every big city has a backpacker and um, friendly attitude to be fair and also normally has a backpacker area i can't think of one big city that isn't frequently traveled and um, that doesn't have a large backpacker scene i personally try and avoid cities more but there's lots to do around like so in the united states like you go to new york and you see that and that's amazing but like it's also traveling around like I went around all the different national parks with Turkey. Oh, yeah. um, Hannah and I wanted to go to Cappadocia, which is where they have the um, hot air balloon festival. Oh, yes. Mm. 
How about you? Honey? Okay, that makes sense because I'm like, are, I don't see you just chilling, going to like Times Square <laughs> with a big <laughs> backpack, like. Oh, I, I did though. Or I going went to and like I did couch surfing in Times Square, um, and I actually stayed in ran- some random bloke's house really? in Times Square with a backpack, um, and it was really good. Um, it was my good back couch surfing experience. I had a bad couch surfing experience, which we'll talk about in another episode. Um, but um, yeah, no, that was really. How good. did you find these couches? It's called Couchsurfing. Oh, there's an app called Couchsurfing. Mm. I wouldn't recommend <laughs> it, personally. You would or would not? I wouldn't, personally. But I had bad experiences. Oh, but, no. Um, but um, I wouldn't personally recommend it. And I have another question that might not be very PC. <laughs> Do you think that traveling maybe beneath your monetary means is the way to meet more people? Like, if you can afford a hotel but choose to stay in a hostel... Are you going to have a better experience as far as, like, from the social aspect? I think I would still stay in a hostel. Like, I did it, like, a couple of times that I stayed in a hostel and then just, like, I think turned us as well for my last or first night staying in a hotel to be, like, relaxed. But I would definitely rather stay in a hostel than in a hotel. But then it depends as well with whom you're going because I have a couple of friends that I traveled with before, like just city trips, that would not go and stay in a hostel. So I obviously would go with them mm. and stay in a hotel. But if I could choose, I would definitely choose a hostel. And then it depends on the season where actually the oh, hostel special is. events. For, yeah, when, when it's, if it's, for example, in a city center, it would be more expensive than outside, same with the hotels, you know? Mm. And so there are like a couple of facts that you need to check before you decide what kind of hostel you want to book. Mm. And yeah, when, New- when there's like an event, it will be for sure much more expensive. New Year's is the worst. Every hostel in the world thinks their shit doesn't smell when it comes to New Year's and all of them like quadruple their prices. Quite often we'll be staying somewhere oh, wow. and we'll leave the hostel to book a hotel for one night just for New Year's Eve um, and come back the next day um, because like it's cheaper to stay in a hotel for that one night. And you because you've already been wow. in the hostel, you can um, you already know everyone. They'll still let you in and then you go back. I bet hostels are suffering so much right now too. Yeah, yeah. probably. Oh, for sure. So what was your craziest story on the cruise ship? I was actually speaking to someone about this the other day. Um, I think this is a good one. I can't remember. I hope I wasn't talking to you, Hannah. Otherwise, I'm going to bore you here. Um, <laughs> so um, one of my funniest stories is actually it's actually Ezra's fault um, that I nearly got in trouble. Um, so Ezra and I and four or five other people nearly got fired on what was my second day. This was day. the first thing that came to my mind, too. Yeah. Um, what was essentially the second day of my contract. Um, and I was, um, so we have roommates and so my Ezra and my roommate had gone out, um, and I think, I can't remember if you'd found other people first or like a few others at first, or if you were just, uh, but we were going to go and watch the, uh, Northern Lights in, because we're in Alaska, um, and you have to be like really on it. Um, and so they have like, um, yeah, certain times when it's more likely you'll be able to see it. And so my roommate goes, well, I have this great place that no one seems to know about. We can go up there. Um, and um, everyone's like, oh, that sounds fun. I decided to go to bed. I can't remember why. I think maybe I was just feeling a bit unwell or I was still new. I think you were just so jet lagged. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, suppose, honestly, yeah. it was your second day. That makes sense. And you went to the bar your first night. And um, <laughs> priorities. <laughs> and um, so I'm woken up to like a very drunk um, Ezra and my roommate. And, like, we're going. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, let's go. Um, and we go. You and we need pick to up. paint the picture though, Taryn, because you had the curtain closed on your like bunk bed. <laughs> you were like fully <laughs> in for the night. And I just, I somehow vividly remember pulling back the curtain and being like, you're coming. <laughs> And um, we pick up like three or four more people on our way up, including, um, so we've got three, like three people from activities team, a guest entertainer, uh, one guy from photography who's wasted, um, like absolutely. Um, and, um, one or two others, I think. And, oh, and, um, one of the other guest entertainers on board, um, who does the, um, bar stuff, um, and bar shows. And yes. we head up to the 17th floor um, which is luckily quite close to our room. We take the lift up, and then there's just a ladder. 
And obviously it's just a ladder. We're like, okay, you know, we're in a crew area, so there's no guests around. So it's not locked up or anything. There's nothing on the ladder. So we go, you know, it's fine. So we're sat up there chatting. People are drinking, having a good time. And like 20 minutes in, I'd say, one of the security guards oh, yeah. um, who's wandering around the ship turns up and she goes, what the hell are you doing up there? Um, <laughs> it, and, and we're like, we're watching, <laughs> watching the green. We're looking and, for the northern lights. And, and she's like, you need to get down right now. And we're like, well, there's no, there's no sign on the ladder uh, so we can be up here. <laughs> um, and, they're, um, and they're like, no, seriously, you need to get down right now. There weren't any written signs, but there were many mental signs. Had we been in a better mental space yeah. that we should have known, oh, we should not be doing this. Anyway, so it <laughs> turns out after like another two security guards arrive and they're taking all the details, um, where we're sitting is where the radars are. So we're essentially sitting in a microwave um, in terms of like radiation. That's how bad it was. <gasps> like, we, like it was I didn't even so... know that. How did you know? Yeah, that's why we were in trouble. Um, like we, it's completely shut off. We were basically like the amount of radiation we were like given in those like twenty minutes alone was apparently like really, really bad. That's why it was such a big deal. Um, but really, and so, I thought it was a big deal because we were drunk. Uh, that too, and even as one of the guys getting down in front of the security guard, the um, photographer's getting down. He's got a beer in his hand, held sideways as he's climbing down the ladder, and it's pouring out down the ladder in front of the security. And we're just like, we are so fucked as a group. We are. Um, but it turns out, and it was both of our first weeks. Yeah, um, and it turns well, out the safety. We started like pretty much the same time. Yeah. Which, which is probably why we got in so much trouble when we were we, learning. Oh, so anyway, so two days later, we get called into the um, I can't, staff, captain. staff captain, who's like the deputy captain on board's office. And basically, there's safety in numbers because the only reason we didn't get fired is because they would have let go of so many of the entertainment group of the ship all at once um, that basically they wouldn't have been able to run <laughs> entertainment without us. Um, and so we all got a warning. Um, which is insane because I I've seen them like kick people off for like vomiting in an elevator, and um, so like yeah we got really really lucky, um, and yeah so that was probably one of the we got worst so ones. lucky. Wow, definitely. And there were only five of us called up to the staff captain when there were more of us going because I remember we all found out at different times and it was like a oh you have to go to the mm. staff captain or you don't and I was the only girl on the. In the radiation, um, in the radiation <laughs> thing, crew. I guess you could say, <laughs> in the radiation crew, and I was the only one called to the staff captain. And do you remember, Taryn, we had to go down the line saying how long we had been with the company, yeah. like when we were in the staff captain's office, and one person was like, Three years. You know, Taryn's like, oh, I've been here two days. I'm like, I've been here five days. Someone else is like, oh, this is my second month. And then one person's like, I've been here for two years. <laughs> so, so upset. Um, and, and thinking I, about I it, was... it's so uncharacteristic of them that yeah, they were involved. Really. Mm. Um, and I remember I found out um, just after a game show, I'd heard other people talking about it, but no one had come to me yet. Um, my roommate managed to get himself off. He sweet talked the um, security, so they never registered. That's why he never showed up. Um, and um, they came. I came out after a game show, and it had been watched by my entertainment director, who's like my big boss. Um, and I asked him after the show, I go, how was it? He was like, that's great. Shame you're going home tomorrow. And I died because I was like, I fully believed him. But it turned out he was just taking a piss. Um, he thought it was hilarious. But like literally inside, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. So that was probably... Oh, and it was yep. the one from Wales. OK, yeah. OK, I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Scared. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's probably that's probably the Amazing. most exciting one, I think. Um. There's lots of, li it's just about little dramas otherwise. There's lots of like little things. Yeah. Um, park crew parties, um, getting drunk in Cabo and having to like sneak onto the ship. Apparently I came, <laughs> uh, I won't go out, we won't talk. Well, we can, but we'll just have to cut it out. <laughs> um, like, it's like, I used to get like blackout drunk. Blackout drunk in Cabo. Definitely. And like, um, and just end up in With fights. With guests. And having to be yeah. Maze never got... The guests, like, that was the thing. That was what was so difficult is it's, like, knowing that you really shouldn't be drinking, but the guests want you to be drinking with them. Yeah, 100%. They're, like, the it's, like, when you're around your friend you. and your friend's, like, oh, I'm not drinking. Yeah. It's, like, they're, like, no, come on. Like, I'll buy you a drink. It's fine. 
And I'm like, is it fine? <laughs> also, Taryn, I don't know about you, but I do not drink. I, like, can't handle alcohol now. And I'm like, how did I drink so much? Oh, if no. I have more than two drinks now, I'm, like, blacked out. And I'm like, well, how did I do that on, on the ship? It confuses fairness, my family yeah, so much. But then again, you get used to it. I think you get used to exhaustion. And I think that's how the whole ship runs oh, definitely. on exhaustion. So we're coming now to our category. Things I think I know, but probably should be researched. In this case, I definitely don't know it because my friend did the research on me. My <laughs> favorite assistant. <laughs> so these facts are all about cruise ships. And I wonder if you know them. So guys, what do you think is the average age of cruise ship passengers? 80. Oh, I think we do know this. 57. Isn't it like, I think it's a little bit less. The average age, it, 45. Things it depends on where you are, but yeah, I'm going to say 57. It's a 50 plus, yeah. <gasps> <gasps> I was once on a um, ship um, whose name I won't mention, um, but it's it rhymes with Lolland Malerica. Um, and huh. on this and on this ship, twelve people died in one week because there were so many old people on board, and one, including one who died in the spa hot tub. Wow! <laughs> so another fact: <laughs> this one is moving about... on very quickly. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay, on. Yeah, moving on very quickly. I'm sorry, but we are running out of time. <laughs> yes. So another fact is: I'm not sure if you knew that, but the original Titanic. Would we would be barely half of the size of most modern cruise ships? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, it's much more. It's, no. it's like one. It's half the size. Less. <gasps> Less. Oh my size. gosh! I just watched that movie for the first time, and wow. I'm so glad I didn't watch it before. You on cruise ships. Like How going have you on not Watched it. I know, but okay. I always was like. Oh, I need to watch it. I'm going to get around to it one day. And then when I started working on ships, I was like, I'm such a high anxiety person. I better not watch it like while I'm on a ship. And then I recently watched it and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> this it really opened my eyes to the dangers. And like why people some people get so nervous to cruise. And now I get why. So while we're already talking about Titanic, did you watch it turn? Yeah, of, of course. Leo, Leo, okay. she should have moved up. Leo could have lived. Yeah, well, that's actually what I wanted to ask you guys. Imagine you two being on that door at the end of the movie. No, no, I'd be on the door. Ezra would be gone. Yeah, well, that's I'm not taking any risks. Would you, would you leave place for each other or would you just want the drama? Drama! <laughs> I, I, I would want If the it was door. us? <laughs> so one of you would die. Of course we'd share. Of course we'd share. But if there wasn't enough room, I'd get the door. Fair enough. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, it's a great movie though i love titanic yeah, I musical like you guys should definitely look into that it is amazing because it's actually based on wow. the historical people that were on it yes oh fair i didn't wow. know that. so okay. another fact <laughs> finland's first ever cruise ship bohemi is now called free winds and is owned by the church of scientology wow that's wow. interesting. All what right. a good fact. It is, right? Right. Nice. Just let her look into a few more facts for our next episode. Yeah, that's weird. Great wow. Show. Imagine being on a Church of Scientology cruise ship. Do you think Tom Cruise is that's involved? Crazy. I could see theme ships being like way more of a thing than they currently are, though. Yeah, like well, Disney-esque. It's like... There's actually... Yeah. Uh, another fun fact that is kind <laughs> of a theme as well, because there is... A, um, um, meow meow cruises that are dedicated to cat lovers. Ah, oh, perfect! Sign me up immediately. <laughs> you should wow. maybe meow, meow. actually ask if you could work there. So, do and they have cats on board? The cats musical. Sorry, I I don't know. Probably. I, there's a there. Instagram um, captain I follow who's um, a I think celebrity cruise lines captain, and she has a um, hairless cat on board that she keeps with her, and she always does videos of it. Nice. But Fun you fact. should go there to the Meow Meow Cruises and maybe start the musical Cats there. How amazing oh would we, that be? Awful. Oh my gosh, what a great idea! <laughs> that right? is brilliant. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Here I am trying to like mentally think about like, oh, what would be a good cat-friendly cat show? But that is the one! That is the only one. <laughs> How would that... <laughs> Never mind. Move on. Next question. <laughs> Well, apparently, the average cruise ship has as well 7,000 pounds of cheese and more than 21,000 scones of ice cream. 
on board. That's crazy. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. That's a lot of cheese. I know. I know. But there are as well, like, a lot of people. There is well, whale watching, yeah. not just in the sea on the cruise That's crazy. <laughs> My last fact, I'm not, I mean, you guys would know that, but... It's kind yeah. of shocking, and I did not know that. That yeah. every cruise ship contains a mortuary? Mortuary? Is that pronounced correctly? A mortuary, like yeah. Yeah, mortuary. mortuary and a jail cell. In case that someone dies? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah, really? like, someone dies like every cruise. Sorry to be able I don't to know. That, that is definitely something mm. that needs more research before you confirm. Do <laughs> you think so? Yeah, 100%. But Someone, every cruise. I can guarantee you. Every, bear, bear in mind, like, so you've got a 50s plus age group. So lots of people, some people go on cruise ships to die. I've met a few people over my time um, who, um, like, so the dad was like, um, had like a really bad illness and he thought, well, at least if he's going to die, he's going to die with like a nice view. They bought like a VIP cabin. Um, with like incredible views so he went there and like his family could be like in a nice place on holiday and it's separate from the house it gets you away from like normality and you're not gonna be you know because like when you think of all like so say he's dying in his house and then think how much harder that is for like his wife when she goes to bed in the same bed where her husband after like years and years has just died um, mm. I thought it was quite beautiful and I thought it was a nice way to um, make the most out of death as morbid as it sounds wow. yeah that yeah. is really nice. Well, it's really making the most out of life yeah. more than death. That's very true. The final you know, few days. You know, glass half full, glass half empty. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> I definitely did not know that. Is it like a big place? And have you guys ever witnessed? No, luckily that not. Got if we do. Um, I, I do know, though, as a real fact, and this sounds awful, but it's completely true, um, that if too many people die and they run out of space in the mortuary, they have to empty out one of the food freezers. Um, and usually it's the ice cream that's first to go. So if they're no! handing out loads of ice cream, um, like more than they normally would, um, it's maybe because the mortuary's full. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, fun that fact. is terrifying. That is, is it fun? <laughs> is fact. that a fun fact? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> this is wow. an ice, why is that eye in my wow. ice cream? <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's about all of the facts that I have researched that was amazing yeah, you really what a way to well. what a way to end it <laughs> well thank you for hannah very much for your fun facts and um <laughs> you've obviously worked very hard on them ezra thank you very much for joining us today and telling us all about cruise life and your own hectic life um i think it's been at least informative <laughs> and exciting if nothing else <laughs> It's at least been informative. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It has been amazing to chat with you guys. And I can't wait to keep listening as the number one fan of the Plan My Podcast. Please well, make it merch. It was a pleasure to have you on this podcast. So that's about it for this two days episode of the Plan Y Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening to us. We see you next week. My name is Hannah. And my name is Taryn. And my name is Ezra. And we see you next time. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Easy. <laughs>